0: Just a bunch of witty banter It's
1: It's just cadows. Okay. doop. beep
0: beep beep boop boop. I like that. It's very subtle and like just monotone. And I like it. It was it, it was great. Uh, my name is Max. Welcome to the Witty Banter Show, episode number one hundred. And 45 we're almost getting to our to our half birthday here that
2: chase just wants to skip yeah. chase
0: wants to skip oh yeah he does just want to run over 100 <laughs> he wants to start at like 160 or something like 180 that. or some shit yeah well geez chase uh, speaking of chase he's here with us today mm-hmm. talking which is great hi chase hey that's me hello how's it going uh, also with us here today is mr. Uh, Hunter Dorset. hey that's me hello oh hi uh, how are you thank you uh, how's the weather uh, it's the same as what you're saying it about. is for me too. Yeah, we, we're doing this good. We were just talking about how fucking shitty our show was and how great the banter is outside the show. And I really feel like we're delivering <laughs> on that message. That's really good. Thank goodness that we've been sticking to that so much, but not today. Today's going to be a quality fucking episode. We have a it's plan. A so today, we have a plan. Yeah, God damn it. Make your it's fucking bed. Fucking great. Gosh. Wow. Get engaged. Um, because I'm still, I'm still kind of, you know, I'm coming off of a pretty crazy weekend. You know, it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, you know? Yep. It was getting a little rowdy out there. Not for me personally, but I did hear people getting rowdy as I was working, so I'm sure they were having a great time. I got rowdy as fuck. Yeah, you I were telling me. I got real wasted. You were telling me that you got fucking slammed. In fact, yeah, Chase, <laughs> let me tell you this. Uh, Hunter went to a dueling piano bar. Well. What does he, that mean to you?
1: Let me, what, oh, what is a dueling piano bar?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's got to be two pianos. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, no hey we gotta (laughs) lay down the rules here man yeah there's gotta be two pianos about the rules Mm -hmm. and there does not have to be at all times two people dueling but (laughs) there better be piano music and there better Uh be fucking duels or at least duets
0: when the time is right that's what i thought too but apparently that's not at all what a dueling piano bar is i mean
1: look
2: max like heard that i went to a dueling piano bar and he was like Dope, dude. Did you rip people's
0: fucking faces off?
3: Oh, like, you step up
1: to the a, mic? He got on, the, get on, the, on the piano and was like, taking keys. any challengers
0: and just fucking shredded people. was like, no. But that's not how it I'm works, totally apparently. watch that, though. That's amazing. That's a fucking cool concept. I might open that bar and I'm gonna call it the real yeah, really dude, piano and, bar. Yeah, and mm-hmm. dude. name
1: it like The Devil Went Down to Piano Bar Max yeah, Scott. Fucking, yeah, by Max. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> Where is everybody? Why
0: is it always so empty and why am I such a loser? The
2: uh, uh. the concept about me, I was telling Max, I guess it sounds maybe like neither of y'all have been do a dueling piano bar. Is not, that true? Please.
0: Yeah, it's very true.
2: Nope. You have like a group of five or six people mm-hmm. that all play guitar, bass, piano, drums, and sing.
1: Oh my God. Yeah.
2: And they like rotate on different songs and basically just take requests the whole night for tips. And so like... You had everything from, like, all the classics, like Journey and, you, oh. you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and shit. Ouch. But you also had, like, uh, I mean, it's a classic as well, like The Darkness. I That was the song oh, that's I put cool. in. The that's uh, awesome. I believe it. Uh, i, think believe love. It, I think all yeah, love. that's a Hell good song. That's um, yeah. a good request. We also had Tenacious D uh, tribute song got played. Damn, that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, so there was a lot of, like, really dope jams, but it was also just really fun because there was, like... There was this one chick who was just an amazing musician. Like she sounded just like Lauren Hill. So she did um, "Killing Me Softly," and yeah. I was like, "Fuck! Like you're really fucking good." Damn. So yeah, it was fun, and I got really drunk and had a great time. To be nice. able to
0: have the talent to not only like play songs by request, but to do that on five instruments, yeah, including any singing. day of the week. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are the epitome of music. Where That's great. Where
1: does it rank on the hierarchy of fun relative? To a night of karaoke, and going out in that kind of way, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's. I think karaoke is different because you typically are gonna go with your friends and do something that a lot of people are vulnerable about, but you're yeah. not really vulnerable in this environment. It's well, just you do have to like, make
1: decisions. That's still there, right? Because you got to pick this off. They
2: say you don't have to. I mean, there's fucking like 500 people there that are all. Chiming in, what songs to be playing? Screaming yeah. Stairway to Heaven. So you heaven gotta and like, yeah, you gotta be throwing in money <laughs> and making it happen. Such and an
1: asshole
0: move. Yeah, for real. So, so yeah, over again. <laughs> um, that's yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> it Sounds like a good time, man. It was also. Uh, it was Mandy's birthday too. It was Manny's right? birthday. Happy birthday to Manny. Yeah, happy birthday! We to went Mandy. to uh, the
2: rodeo and saw Garth Brooks. Ooh, which wow. she is like literally 22 like 22 now. She's turned twenty-five now. <laughs> and just turned eighteen. Thank God. Yeah. Pooh, pressure's off. <laughs> Been waiting this whole fucking time. I could finally pay, I could
1: finally pay my taxes.
3: Oh my goodness.
2: And uh, it was cool because like Garth Brooks is the only country artist that like I give a shit about. Yeah, like I growing know that. up, like my mom and brother played Garth Brooks all the time and I just feel like his his country is different than other people's country. It's not like lame fucking country. It's like fun, enjoyable, catchy country. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> so 100%. yeah, I knew every word or not every word. I knew all of his songs. Right which on? is like what more can I ask for at a fucking country
0: concert, right? <laughs> of course. Yes, um, yeah, cuz I came out to Mandy's birthday I just want to throw this out there that there's another guy there named max who I am sure thinks I'm a complete fucking asshole Because I don't That's know how if it always
1: is with people with your name dude every dude, time
0: Yeah, every single cuz first off I walk up right and I say my hellos. <laughs> I'm like hey guys I'm here and you guys are like cool, <laughs> and I'm like all right. I'm gonna go to the bathroom So then I left and I came to the bathroom Then I came back and I sat down next to this guy and he looks at me and he holds out his hand and he goes max
1: Oh and man! I'm like, he got you. He snapped your ass.
0: So I'm like, okay. They told everybody my name. That's cool. So I was like, yeah. What's your oh name? And then he God, was just like, it's me. Looked at you me. Yeah. and me. He was hello. like, uh, and then like turned away from me. And I was like, that was the weirdest thing ever. This is going to be <laughs> an awful experience. This is gonna be terrible. So we're. Oh, no, his friends are assholes. Yeah, so things kind of go on, and then he gets up. He's like, "All right, man, I'm out of here." And everybody's like, "All right, later, Max." And I'm like, "Oh my fucking, your name is Max?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "My name is Max. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what was happening." And he was just like, "Oh yeah, I thought that was kind of weird." And I was like, "Okay, dude." He was like, "Yeah." And then he left, and I was just like, "Well, all right. Well,
1: so, you got that in."
0: Yeah, I apologize to Max out there. Wow, we. Oh man, uh, but yeah. Pretty cool weekends, apparently. A music-filled weekend, which mm-hmm. is convenient because this will be a music-filled soda, at least yeah. for the first half. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the music, we got to really start appreciating the drunken side of the weekends that we all had. Yeah. Which was drinking a little brew, daddy's. Little Chase little brew daddy. Chase over there. Chase over there with the smile and nod. Yeah, little, man, he, he agrees. Derek. That was there a good goes. little
1: transition. That one was lacquered up, man. It was
0: shiny. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but you provided the beers for us today, Hunter. What are we drinking right now?
2: From Deep Ellum Brewing Co. The Easy Peasy IPA It's 5.2% alcohol by volume, and it's brewed with tangerine and lemon peel. So, mm. so I don't so have a, a huge yeah. going so Sell in, me on this beer. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sold myself. <laughs> so going in, I'm not super stoked. Yeah. Right. Well, here's the deal. I, but no, look, I'm not going to be this dick. Okay, oh, no, I'm not no, going to no, be no, this dick. No, not at all. This is a beer. And I'm going to yeah. drink it like it's a fucking beer. There and I'm going to
1: let the beer decide Speak whether I like itself. it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to talk through me. I am just a puppet for the beer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going
2: to,
0: yeah. <laughs> Consider I, me a vessel for this idea <laughs> right now.
1: You've just met me.
2: <laughs> There's got, you know, a green can with kind of just, you know, whatever labeling. It's it not nothing like, too impressive. It but. looks
0: like summertime, though. And summertime's coming up pretty soon. So, fitting. <laughs> there you getting go. Getting ready. I know the the year. for an easy peasy summer. Gonna be great. Wow. Alrighty. So Chase, are you drinking anything over there? Right. Just water.
3: Wow, again. there we go. Here go. Did he you is.
1: overdose on coffee again? No. I'm just I had a lot of alcohol this weekend on Saturday. I'm just yeah. like, man, I gotta I I can't have more right now. And dude, honestly, that fuck I feel like I'm still can taste the whiskey in my mouth from last week. <laughs> He's like, I'm it's actually like still stored. drinking
0: that whiskey from the last episode. It's stored in, in my molars, it was like
1: <laughs> aged in these uh, sherry barrels that basically made it taste like I was licking a bathroom floor. Sometimes when it got warmer.
0: Well, well, wow, what a sell. perfect! And if you yeah, want to get this whiskey, you just go to their website and put in our coupon code Woody Banter, and you save ten percent on this bathroom floor whiskey. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good review of that whiskey. So let's go ahead and move on to another review. This is Witty Banter.
2: All
0: right. Chase, you brought to the table there was an album that we were all supposed to be listening to this week. And we came in because you trusted us as your friends, and not only your friends, but uh, artists that you know that you trust and you respect our opinions and our critiques, I hope, right? Yes, correct.
3: <laughs> Good. <Excellent>. So,
0: <laughs> that is my final answer. Thank you. So I'm gonna. <laughs> so I'm just gonna swing it over to you, Chase, to kind of just talk a little bit about this album, why you decided to put it on the floor, and tell me about this okay. guy who he yeah, is. Yeah. So
1: the album is uh, American Utopia by David Byrne, who is the lead singer of the Talking Heads, and I s- I discovered it because. Uh, Stephen Colbert interviewed David Byrne and then he performed one of the, he performed the single on the stage. Cool. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I've never seen who this guy is. And I think he looks really cool. I think he talks really cool. And his performance was fucking kick ass and goofy. And I was like, I feel like I just never, I like just uh, got to know this dude. I never had any idea who he was, right? Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So that's how I got into the album. And yeah, I listened to it. I probably listened to it like 10 times or so at this point. And uh, I feel like we can go in a variety of ways with it. So I'll ask you guys first, did you get a full listen through? Like what what was y'all's exposure to it?
0: I probably got in total, I got like two full from front to back listens because my commute to work is pretty much around the same time. So I got two full front to back listens. And then before that, I had like kind of picked a few songs to listen to just while I was around. And then I also kind of reviewed some more of the, like songs here and there songs that I particularly liked or maybe had another sort of like opinion about not, not like negative or anything but I went back and tried to listen to that I would be more willing to talk about so mm-hmm. I got like two full listens as an album nice. and then I kind of picked apart a few of the songs so
3: All right cool
1: then that'll be good Hunter what about you <laughs> yeah
2: I uh I barely squeaked out I completely forgot we were doing that uh <laughs> And so <laughs> that's what we call ba- squeaking out. he's been very drunk. He's been very drunk weekend. Out a full I listen to the full yeah. album. Well, let, let me ask you this. Hunter, I literally like just finished right I was before we got walking on the in here episode.
0: and he had his headphones on he's going, "Oh, okay. He's like, <laughs> "I'm done. We're ready." <laughs> you know that's I, uh, honestly exactly what happened. I was taking some notes and <laughs> Yeah, but he's more to... prepared than I am, man. Yeah, he, yeah, has, so. he has written down a couple pages of shit over so here. But Hunter, let me
1: ask you this. It's a 37 minute long album and I feel like that's right. Around the low end of where we would like sort of or how we enjoy Radiohead's music sometimes. And I wonder if I wondered if when you saw that 37 minute mark, you were like, hey, cool, because that's what I was like. I enjoy shorter albums.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It didn't I guess it didn't feel like a shorter album going through it, I guess, though. Like I felt like every song had enough parts that Mm -hmm. the actual length of the songs felt longer than they actually were.
0: Yeah, I, I also agree with that, that I kind of, like, seeing that there were 10 songs and that it was 37 minutes, I expected there to be, like, a couple, like, minute, minute and a half songs that are just, like, you know, some offbeat tune mm-hmm. or whatever, and there aren't any really like that, so... Yeah, it's yeah.
2: pretty flush. It's a flush 37 minutes.
0: It is a flush, Yeah, a lush I, th- flush I honestly feel minutes.
1: like the album and the music is very dense, and I think that even comes through in, like, the instrumentation, where there feels to be, like, a lot of instruments at times, and it gets, like, really full, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. But... Okay, cool. So, I kind of we can just go through a couple more like thematic things, then I want to talk about some of the songs. Uh, Definitely. The, when the when the album starts, you get that song called "I Dance Like This," and it's yeah. just that really hard change to <laughs> yeah. just some goofy incredibly shit,
0: incredibly dynamic song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it reminded me of. Spongebob when they talk about the future And it's like New-ger. like I It reminded me of Squidward In the way that it was Goofy and I just yeah. want to know If you guys felt any of that at all
0: 100% man I mean I went into that Because that was the first song on the album so I started listening To it and I'm like okay this is an opening Track at mm-hmm. first I felt that for sure And then when it did that fucking ridiculous Hard change it went from like This soft spoken acoustic to this like Sort of pulsating futuristic Yeah like you know the melody was completely changed, like the tempo was like i mean, it was the same, but it had so much more of like a progression and energy to it than the first half, and I really appreciated that, and I thought like you know there are parts of the song that I'm not super into, but I do appreciate what's going on right now, and I like mm-hmm. these parts of the songs so it's keeping me interested for sure. And I thought it was a great way to open the album for sure
2: i I agree that it's a great way to open the album because I guess you know my understanding is. When I'm going into the album, I know a little bit about the Talking Heads. I don't listen to them
1: a I'm lot. The I'm in the same realm. I know. Um, of them. I'm probably know just right there songs. with you guys, too. I'm yeah. not like super well versed with their music. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: going to be like a, a Hansel in Zoolander and be like, you know, David Byrne, the music he's created over the years. I don't really listen to it, but
3: <laughs> the fact that he's created it, I respect that. Um,
2: <laughs> so <laughs> that's about where I'm at. Um, but I agree as far as like, yeah it's a completely ridiculous contrast between the two parts of that song. And, um, I do know that he's like, he is, he does have a little bit of goof.
3: To yeah, his, he's a goof. You he's know, always had like that blunt and goofiness. Which is, I do which is know great. that about him. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I guess going in, I was kind of, you know, like, I heard kind of the the beginning half of that song, and I was kind of like, "Okay, this is kind of what I'm expecting," and then it just changed, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to take this seriously. I'm yeah. gonna have to, like be drawn <laughs> in, and like every <laughs> yeah. every yeah every song I guess after this is gonna be
0: interesting and different." So, yeah, that no, was a great way. You um, feel the same way, Chase?
1: Yeah. So when I think about it now, though, it's so it's kind of funny to me that my mind goes to SpongeBob, but it does go to Future. And I mm-hmm. think there is a futuristic feel to this album that's, like, purposeful. Like, it's kind of one of the motifs of the album is the future. And I wondered if you guys felt that same way and how the music would sometimes open up, usually at the end of the tracks. And and Hunter honestly reminded me a lot of, again, Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And when I was trying to think about what it means to, like, say that p- before this episode, I kind of arrived at the conclusion of, like, maybe what's happening there is... Sound designers are also getting wrapped up in the music making and like creative processes Mm -hmm. Because there's like some truly unique noises in that in these songs that I think created like a really cool atmosphere that uh, like I said Made me feel like a sense of the future Mm -hmm.
2: I think the thing see I I guess I'm so fresh Off of the listen that I didn't get the chance of like any sort of thematic or even like um, there's only one lyrical f- motif that I had going through, which was the repeated use of animal uh, imagery. Yeah, um, but which I thought was ho- dude, these songs crack dude, me up sometimes. Fucking every day is a miracle is oh. hilarious <laughs> as shit. It's super funny. <laughs> a donkey's dick. You're That's like, so all right. Funny, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, says- like, oh, sorry, I guess go ahead. I guess the the thing that was interesting to me is that yeah, like. I guess when I think of David Byrne and I think of, like, the things that I know about him, I my understanding is that he likes to play with, like, these big, full bands. And so I think of really kind of just, like, you know, easy-to-play groove kind of stuff. But this had a lot of, like, synth, like, yeah. really great synth work and a lot of really awesome percussive sound effects that came from different uh, parts. You know, like, forward, right, back, left, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. And I think... That's probably what you know. You're you're drawing from as far as the Radiohead stuff is because in their most recent album, um, A Moonshaped Pool, um, they do a lot of the same stuff and the the sound design, like you said, is very similar in a lot of the songs. So yeah, I just thought it was cool that it was like, I guess um, it, it's not like an old guy playing old guy shit. Like it's it's he's still like
0: has really intriguing, interesting stuff that he's putting out, apparently. Yeah, and very innovative in different sorts of ways. That being said, it's like, like the instrumentation in this album was easily the most impressive part to me, too. Like you said, it's definitely very dense musically, and while there is the theme of like futuristic feel, and it does have a very like unique and interesting like whole like atmosphere to it, it does change and have a lot of variety within each song. And with, like apart from the songs themselves, like there are songs that have more of a like upbeat tropical feel. There is I Dance Like This that has that sort of like really distinct synth and like futuristic vibe. Um, other songs that just sort of like taken in a bunch of different directions. And I like that a lot about it. I think that the instrumentation is something that I really appreciated about the music itself. And while I do think that a lot of it is really like goofy it does add to a lot of the fun of each song itself and at first I think when I was listening to it I wasn't taking it as seriously like I was a I know who David Byrne is and I know who the talking heads are and I know and I understand and appreciate his style which is the way that he writes which is not very like you know convoluted and it doesn't feel like a very you know it doesn't feel like an English essay in any way you know yeah. it feels very simplistic in that way and at first I was kind of feeling times when I felt like that might be cheap. I'm not sure if that's cheap or if that's like his style or if that's what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I once I kind of let my guard down to just be like, this is supposed to be like funny and goofy and just try to listen to it in that realm, I started to appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think there was a few people or just some chat around the internet <clears throat> that was trying to really heighten some of the more I guess I would describe them as like temporal elements in the work, in the sense that when he would use particular lyrics, I could immediately liken it to something that I think is happening like right today. And those parts, I think, I think he does that on purpose. Hmm. Um, fuck, I have no idea how I got here. <laughs> that was a <laughs> tangent that I totally just walked on. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, <clears throat> I guess I would never. I think the only song where I felt. Like
1: there was like purposeful sort
2: oh, of like... Oh, sorry, Hunter. Keep I going. totally just picked it up again.
1: Uh, it was you saying that it was funny and like to not take it serious. And I was the same way. Like I didn't take it very serious in the sense that I thought David Byrne was putting out this... Uh, like Message. Message on, yeah, on the current situation at all. Like I went into it and just like you, Hunter, was just laughing through this uh, <laughs> record. And now that I think about how... Funny it was, and how uh, like uplifting it seemed to be. I was like, "Man, this this album like really, I think was positive." You know, yeah, it's a very know, it positive going album. Going for something, yeah. it's just very, it is very a very positive album.
0: Yeah,
2: I think I think you could draw from some of the stuff. I think stuff like "Dog's Mind" and um, "Dude, Dog's Everyday. Mind." I
1: think is hilarious. Like one of my favorite songs on the album. It's like two and a half minutes, and it's this epic, grand. Uh, song that feels like you've just had an epiphany and it to me it reminds me of like a dog who is just staring at a treat you know just sitting there like looking right at it and it's this the lyrics are very much like oh man let me see if I can pull them up I don't have them uh, on me but the lyrics are when we talk about that positivity this is something else that I love about the lyrics in this whole album is I feel like with just a quick flip of perspective they could equally be dystopian at times or like really sad like and we in turn are limited by what it is we are like we are dogs in our own paradise in a theme park of our own you're like is this a good thing like is he saying this shit is like really awesome and it's utopia or are we just retarded animals you know what i mean like yeah yeah
2: and that might be like one of the themes is like the sort of profundity that we like being profound because we project that profoundness on our lives but Maybe in actuality where it's not so profound. You know? yeah. uh, and so I guess I, I, I thought that song in particular was one where the beginning was something I was like, this sounds like Radiohead. Like the beginning really? of that song, I was like, that sounds like something Tom York would put out. Um, I know with Doing the Right Thing, I believe, uh, there's a shit favorite. ton of strings uh, that I really dug. And it's it's
1: almost the same melody as um, one of the Wind Waker's main themes. That's also done yeah. on strings.
0: That whole song itself reminded me again of a uh, video game music, and it reminded me of a yeah. song from like a, a song that you had going while you're doing puzzles in Final Fantasy X. Really, it's like that's what it, re- it, it wasn't the exact same, but that's like the same kind of tune. So it's funny that you brought up the Wind Waker thing because it's <laughs> exactly how I felt. And that was another good example of the like vast different like. Parts are well, Max, what were some of your songs favorite
1: songs? You said you had like a few that you wanted to talk about or could talk
0: a about. A few, yeah, a few. Well, the song that I liked the most was "It's Not Dark Up Here." I thought that that song. Okay, was, see, I, really I think yeah. This was too. like
1: it's groovy. Wait, did you say you liked it, Hunter?
0: Yeah. I
2: said it's groovy. I thought that like I, it's generally, a hard groove. Generally, mm-hmm. I thought the album
0: was better as it went went on. Like, I, I agree. I liked the back half. Well, I feel a little like the back half, the half took time. itself a little bit more seriously than the first half did, at least like because the first half had dog's mind and it had everyday's a miracle which is just filled with ridiculous lines <laughs> yeah. and then you had I dance like this <laughs> at the beginning and not to get on a tangent but gasoline uh gasoline and dirty sheets was the second song and mm. I didn't really like that song very much. I felt like it was very like nonsensical to a point to where I wasn't sure well, if see. he could even convince me that he had a form, like he had a <laughs> message to say out of it or if he did it was something that like I didn't really feel was very creatively done. But then on the second half, Well, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on, Max. I want yeah. to talk about gasoline and dirty sheets real quick. Yeah. Cause like, I think when you read the words to that song, like, like without his voice, they're yeah. just incredibly simple and like, don't mean anything like you say. But that's also one of the songs where I felt like I appreciated his voice the most. Like that's another thing about listening to this whole record. I was like, man, I really like David Burns' voice and he is a really good singer and he's got something that's like kind of blunt but really full, you know? Yeah. Hmm.
2: It's, do you guys feel it at all? I do. I mean, I think um, it's interesting to me that as he's gotten older, that his, his voice still sounds pretty much the same. And it sounds just kind of like 80s. I don't know how to what that means, but it's just like... Yeah, but whatever that is, it's like kind of open mouth, I guess. Um, yeah,
0: like I could feel like I could see his jaw moving a lot in some of the songs. He's like a dude that uh,
2: I. What I've said about him is he's a dude that I think looks like his voice, like yeah. he he go. sounds like the way that he sings, uh, the way that he looks. Um, I didn't really have. I guess in going through it, I started doing notes after. I didn't really have anything about gasoline and dirty sheets that I wrote down that I was like particularly up or down about. Yeah. Um, but I had I had it's not. It's not dark up here because it's like super groovy and it's, it's probably most, uh, like what I would have expected going in to like hear from him because I think it was like kind of, I can imagine this being played by a full band of people and there's like some interesting jazz chords and like, uh, guitar licks and stuff in the background it had the most
0: feel of a song out of everything on here, in my opinion. I Just felt like that song, song, yeah, it had a much more of a fullness than a lot of the other songs did. Not all the other songs, but it was probably the first time when I was in the album where I felt like this is a song first more than a, like, I don't want to say Idea or like a or piece. piece. Yeah, 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 it's a good example. More than an art piece. So that's yeah, why and, I really
1: like, the end of that song, too, is another part where I loved his voice the most. And it was, um, he does that little, like, I guess interlude in the back and the lyrics don't make sense and but they're really pretty and that was just another example of how throughout the entire album i think for those who look in the lyrics as he's singing them there is like a tension between two different ways of hearing hearing what he's having to say and like mm-hmm. that the fact that he was able to instill those in the lyrics is one of the reasons why lyrically this album like really pulled me in you know
3: hmm.
1: and then with
2: me i mean everybody's coming to my house I thought was probably one of my favorites. Such it's a, a good a song, top three,
0: and it should be the single off of the album.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like they just found a cool chord progression and then just played it out, and it was just good, <laughs> just yeah. good, solid fun.
0: You know? <laughs> They're like, "This sounds great. Let's make a song around this." I
2: think there was just like throughout the album, there's a lot of major minor play, like major feels being thrown in at times when I'm expecting minor feels, yeah. and then doing the opposite, and then
0: um, I think that's what in. Uh, what made me think about the positivity of the album so much is you're right. I expected to have like, there were parts where I was like, this is about to take a dark tone or something like yeah. that. And then it plays like some sort of major scale ah. of chord. And I'm like, Oh, okay, never mind." I'm my heart's <laughs> fluttering. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, but,
2: but yeah, I mean, I think, and I thought here was pretty cool. Here was a little more somber, I guess. It was and
0: very, yeah, it was not how I expected him mean, to, to wrap up the album as much because it, it doesn't
1: it, it doesn't wrap, right like wrap up the album at all. Yeah. There's no conclusion or like satisfaction really in that song. You know, I agree
0: hmm. with that. Yeah,
2: I liked it. I, I I thought it was. I didn't think it was a horrible ending. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have anything noteworthy crazy about it. But I think those are the ones that I liked the most. I like like I really like the synth play in "Every Day Is a Miracle" as well, and just like. I was just drawn in by the lyrics because I was like, "This is fucking." He's talking about a chicken,
1: like the whole song, dude. I'm telling you, that <laughs> song is so fucking funny. I, I,
2: and I actually was listening to this and being to that song and being like, "Chase is gonna fucking love this." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. I imagine you, uh, you singing that one in the shower. Um, oh man! But yeah, no, I think it's something that I. Um, he was just a little more like in tune with modern sounds and sound design than I was expecting in sense, because I, I mean, I know that he, I actually, he has a book about, uh, you know, how he thinks about music and stuff. And I've read about halfway through it. Nice. And, um, so he, you know, he's super well-versed in sense and everything else. Uh, I was just surprised that it was that I was able to kind of draw on from some of my like favorite bands like Radiohead. I was like, "Wow, this sounds like I'm getting little bits of that." That I'm like, "Fuck yeah, like that's cool." And um, so it was a little more like I guess modern than I was expecting it to be. Yeah,
1: and and honestly, like I have more stuff on my outline, which just shows that I, there's so much to talk about in this record. And I guess to to wrap it up is I do want to mention that. Uh, Max even you you said the songs can be dynamic they can change I think at their core every single song almost every single song was a pop song in the way that it was structured and like in its lyrics but he was able to experiment in ways that didn't mess that up or didn't need something different in order to like make sense and I've always enjoyed pop music in the sense that like I guess music that was popular of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you guys think that, or I, I, I guess the question really is, how how do you move pop music forward? And is this might maybe something that is trying to do that? Like, maybe I've always what does always, it look like for pop music to to progress? I, I guess.
2: I think I think pop music is kind of one of those nebulous terms yeah. for me because I've heard that it's like a a particular type of sound. And then I've also heard that it's also just whatever's popular at the moment. Yeah. Um,
1: I think I question- meant to go more towards the first side of that actually with this one because I, I think the way that the the lyric, like the structure of the the lyrics, strike mm-hmm. me was was pop music. It was music for to get stuck in your head. Like he would re- he would uh, repeat the chorus many times, you know. And like, yeah, and, yeah. So
2: I think I think the thing to I think a way that this could be used as a compass um, that other bands that I also like do a similar thing and is something to be kind of a role model is that there's a difference between um, a lot of production and great production, right? Like and there's and there's a difference between a fullness of sound, and just throwing in a bunch of shit to, to make it have, like, a wall of sound. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like, uh, when I think of stuff that is is popular in, in, in today's realm, I think of just stuff that sounds super anthemic. Like, there's, like, I don't know, like, you don't even know what fucking instruments are being played on it. Whereas, like, this, like, you can kind of tell, while there is a lot of interesting sound design that it's, like, you can't really put words to, that's kind of more just layering on top of like a basis of instrumentation that you can actually grab onto. So I think
1: that's so, that's so (laughs) fucking insightful. (laughs) (laughs) So I I
2: think having, having production that is just quality and thoughtful as opposed to just overproduced and high, like high quality in that it's just paid for. It's a high budget, you know, like just being thoughtful about the production is, is, Is something to look to you
0: know yeah it's it's that sort of feeling with pop music that it's like if you make something in GarageBand or Pro Tools or whatever and all you do is just like lay the same track over itself it's kind of hard to tangibly say what you're hearing different about it but you do hear something different right yeah and that's what tends to happen when you overproduce things and that's Mm -hmm. what tends to happen with all pop music kind of across the board whether it be country whether it be pop Katy Perry stuff whether it be hip-hop music too as well um, and I do think that there are like times, especially now, given the way that music is and given how easy it is to expose yourself to music and like what confirms something as a radio hit and what's like gets popular on the internet. And you do have people kind of breaking the mold and making pop music that doesn't follow that layer, mm-hmm. for sure, as much. Um, but are those I the ones th-
1: moving? Are those like the moving ones moving forward?
0: Moving it forward. I mean, I don't really know because it depends on how you want to say pop music. Am I saying that it's moving... mainstream music forward yeah worms we should probably
1: just like (laughs) yeah exactly
0: but the radio like the actual radio a literal radio still Mm -hmm. plays very similar stuff it doesn't really tend to like break away from that um and this this album i think you're right when you take away the singing and lyrics all of these songs i think could make for very good pop songs in that sense like pop music songs that a lot of people can appreciate and enjoy. That's how at least how I felt. Mm-hmm. And then when you put the lyrics on top, you sort of add this sort of awkwardness and this sort of like <laughs> variability to the the songs and sort of like and that becomes the focus a lot of the times is yeah. him and mm-hmm. his voice. And while and I what I got the most out of this album was the instrumentation and I didn't get nearly as much out of the lyrics. In fact, my whole approach while I was listening to it was like, okay, I need to not think about these because it's taking me out at times and it's taking me and I don't know if that's just me being stingy because a lot of the the actual like phrases and words being said just felt like almost a parody on itself sometimes and that took me out it almost kind of felt like it was in a TV show where somebody was writing a song and like (laughs) trying to show off to a song and I that's what I kept imagining and I also kept thinking like this almost kind of sounds like somebody is doing a karaoke of a song
1: 'Cause I think yeah. he's maybe not the best singer, you know. Yeah,
0: and I agree with that. And I do think that like I like I appreciate how different that is, but at the same time, I don't think that these sort of like obscure and like punchy, simple lyrics give it more value. I just I just I didn't get anything out of it myself. And because I didn't get out of it, anything out of that, I don't think I'm gonna get as much out of this album because I think that's where a lot of the worth really is. Mm-hmm. So that's just my views on it. But yeah. Yeah. Any final last, views? yeah, final review no,
1: I mean, we've talked about the album a lot I think that also lends uh, Or is is something The album could be proud of itself for So, okay. Absolutely Alrighty.
0: Well, it was a good listen, it was a lot of fun To listen to, for mm-hmm. sure, nice to talk about As well, ran a little bit longer Than I thought this was, it was nice, we actually <laughs> were able to talk And uh, get some Yay! conversation flowing, it was nice Let's go ahead and take a little bit of a break And then we'll come back and Shoot the shit or whatever. Do other stuff. Right? What <laughs> am I fucking spitball? Spitball, goddammit <laughs> spitball. God
1: Beetle. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast.
0: Wanna steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes
2: and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Right,
0: let's, let's get
2: back to it. Bet bet.
0: All right, Chase. Well, Whoa, no, no, no. Not you, yet, Chase. Hunter. Yeah. We've been drinking this beer. You were talking a lot of shit about it. You said mm-hmm. it's got to impress you. You said that this beer better say something to you soon or you're throwing it out the fucking window. How do you feel? I feel as though...
2: It's barely an IPA. Like, it's not okay. very bitter, not, not very all. hoppy. Not even in the least. Um, it's easy peasy to drink. Well. High on the chug over so an, an
1: IPA. So, oh. is being a, does being an IPA mean not easy to drink then?
3: I think
2: when I think of IPAs, I think of a sting, little right? bit of a barrier to entry. A like bitterness. Just yeah. enough to where you don't want to chug it. You, you know? gotta
1: buy the ticket if you want to get on the ride.
0: Exactly.
2: It's like, hold up, bub, <laughs> you're gonna drink me right. <laughs> so, Put your uh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess,
0: it just has more characteristics of what I would expect, like a pale ale to have, as opposed almost to, like a like a strong pale ale. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it is only it's it's five percent alcohol, which is not very high. Yeah, and, and I would I, expect more out of an IPA, which makes me think that it's not like. We have an IPA here, but we made it taste so easy-peasy. It makes me think like we watered down this IPA.
2: I get a little bit of the lemon
0: peel. Definitely.
2: Um, I don't know if I get the tangerine.
0: A little bit of a ta- don't do tangerine. Do you get the now? tangerine? Uh, it's like lemon peel, tangerine. I'm tasting citrus, and I'm not necessarily tasting either oh. one in particular. So do you like it? it, is, it is it tropical? You know, it's just... <laughs> I can't say that this beer stands out as anything special yet. I do not not like it. Okay. But it would be hard for me, I think, to drink this and say, well, that's the best easy drink in citrus IPA I've ever had. Because I've had a bunch. You know what I mean? I feel, like I, yeah. I feel like that's a common theme, is to cut your IPA with a little bit of citrus to keep it to be it's too true. overwhelming. But, right? I
2: mean, I, but uh, let's not fault it for that. I, I, I think the thing is I could take this six-pack to a party and down it, and then don't have to think twice about it. Probably, no, wouldn't, yeah, get, probably wouldn't get too wasted because it's only 5%.
0: But, you know, You're it wouldn't be a regret, brag, I don't trying think. Trying to brag on the air. You know, like, I could pound six of these and be totally fine. And then I'd take
2: another
3: six. The,
0: yeah, that's where the party actually, like, actually gets started.
1: <laughs> I'm still looking for my other six.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, righty. Chase, how's that water over there treating you?
1: It's, it's pure. It's lukewarm, which I actually enjoy a little bit more. And yeah, uh, it's in a know. big mm. container. So I'm, a,
0: you can drink I'm a strong a advocate of like not ice cold water, just regular on, room temperature so water.
2: So I don't like ice. <laughs> wa- I don't like ice water. Everybody relax, what right? say? I don't like ice cubes clinking up against my teeth when I'm drinking my water. Right? That's an
0: excessive amount of ice cubes. Yes,
2: but I don't like lukewarm water.
0: If uh, I need to. Room temperature. I mean room I like temperature. Cool I, I say room temperature. You like chilled water.
2: So like, you, if you say, give me water that has been in the refrigerator,
0: and it's just straight plain water. Okay. You pulled your Brita filter out of the fridge. Yes. No ice needed. Yes. Get in there. Per- perfect.
3: <laughs>
0: okay. I don't think is that, that. Is that, I mean, am I the only one in <laughs> on this it's camp? It's an opinion. It's my an pitch opinion, my tent? For sure. Yeah, you are absolutely pitching your tent, and we're going to walk across the forest, I think, and we're going to pitch our <laughs> tent over here. On the Which lukewarm side? Lukewarm is a bad word. Room temperature is a better room way to temperature, say temperature.
2: I leave my lukewarm water. Lukewarm doesn't have a bad connotation. It does it? with water. It, yes,
0: that it does. Leans Hunter, if, it warm. if if
1: someone was like, "Hey, Chase, this Hunter Dorset guy, I've never met him before. What is he like?" If I said he's lukewarm, you'd be like, <laughs> "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> dude,
0: what the fuck did you say to that guy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he
1: treated me like such a douchebag.
0: Now, if you were like, "That Hunter Dorset, pretty room temperature" He'd be like, he's probably pretty all right. I'd be like, like, how
2: fucking
1: boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that... But it, what if you were like, he's cool as a refrigerator. <laughs> he's just... He's no <laughs> ice He's necessary. chill as fuck. Yeah, damn it. If I told him he was chill as fuck, he'd probably want to go be your friend. <laughs> I think we set ourselves up for disaster on this one. But I will say that room temperature water is my personal preference. But enough about water. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some other stuff. Yeah, bring it on. All right. So Final Round was this last weekend. And if you're not familiar with Final Round then, well, you're probably, it's okay. You know, because not a lot of people are. Yeah, Yeah. then you're probably like Hunter. But that's okay, you know, because Final Round is going to be the first tournament of the Capcom Pro Tour. And what makes this tournament so special is the fact that everybody who is anybody came out for it right Um, now why that's so important is that this is the first big tournament for Dragon Ball fighters and I know that we've talked about it a lot on the show and one of the important things about Dragon Ball fighters is the fact that it's crossing over so many different communities Mm -hmm. and when it did this uh, you started having like you started having small tournaments uh, locally here in America and small tournaments in Japan as well and what ended up happening is that you had two sort of Titans of the different country kind of rise up to the top Hmm. right so you had Sonic Fox from America who's this guy who dominates pretty much any game he touches, right? Okay. And he was doing really well. And then we have this other guy in Japan named Goichi. And Goichi is a strong anime player. He's a strong uh, Street Fighter V player, too, as well. And just kind of found this sort of footing in Dragon Ball Fighters. Now, they had not ever played each other. But they were both pretty much dominating all the tournaments in their circuits that they were running. Okay. Um, what ended up happening was that they started kind of jokingly talking shit from across the seas. <laughs> right? Goichi <laughs> called out Sonic Fox after the last tournament he made. He said, I'm coming for you, Sonic. Oh. And Sonic Fox said, fuck that. He is said, this
2: internet shit or is this real shit This talking? is
0: internet shit. I don't think they actually <laughs> hate each other. They're I like don't,
2: pounding each other I behind I like <laughs> to believe
0: that they, you know, these met him in the alleyways and they beat the shit out of him after the tournament. Yeah. No. Um. But then Sonic Fox started getting into it, too. And everybody started getting really, really, like, you know, excited about this tournament because it's going to be the first time that this quote-unquote clash of titans happens, right? Yes. So there, get it all set up, and they set up a first to ten, right? Which is what everybody says. is That's the that's the way to tell it's the who's ultimate better. decider. If you win ten fucking games on somebody before they win ten games on you... You, you had enough time to download me. You had enough time to figure to it out. Download, me. right? Yeah. And you just couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Seriously, so, man. Yeah, for real. So before or you just didn't
1: have an, you didn't have enough to to keep it varied on me, you know, like absolutely. That kind of
0: stuff. Yeah, you could not adjust. Uh, so what ended up happening in this tournament uh, before the actual tournament itself started, they did the first to ten. Mm-hmm. Goichi slaughters Sonic Fox. Damn, like hard. Slaughters. Disemboweled, dude. Yes, yeah. and what makes this extra spicy? He's dead. Is that Sonic Fox is definitely talks shit about one of the characters that he plays, Vegeta. He says what? he has said that Vegeta is not that good. He's totally overplayed.
2: Oh, I thought you were saying like cheap. No, like, he
0: said that that character is you know you guys are overhyping this guy. Uh-huh. But Goichi effectively destroys him with him, right? Okay, right on. So to first to ten. Yeah, and first, yeah, and just if you if you like Dragon Ball Fighters and you're looking for competitive fighting, definitely go check out the Grand Finals of this tournament and that first to ten. They definitely show you two different varying styles. So, Chase, when you saw this, were you pretty convinced that Goichi was number one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, yeah. I even said the day, like, when when it was the day that they were going to fight, I put in the chat um, that I thought Sonic Fox would win, and I felt like I, I blinked because I didn't, I, like, I thought that you guys were going to say that, and I felt like I had gotten shit for, like, pumping Goichi's side up before in the chat. And when he won, I was like, of course he did. Of course he won. And he won in the way that, like, I think many people who were confident in him knew he would win, which his defense was just uncrackable. And then he and and dude, his mix-ups were insane. His movement was crazy. Some of the shit he would do with Adult Gohan was like quickly jump in the air, and then the moment that he got like on top of them or behind them, use his little downward like yeah down dash eggs. to the ground to mix him up, just like the hardest left and right mix-ups you could possibly do, essentially. And it was like, holy yeah. shit, man! Mm-hmm.
0: It was really awesome to see go you play because pain, there is like becoming a Japanese style to play this game as opposed to the American style. Wow. Yeah. And Sonic Fox definitely was embodying that American style, which is all like, you know, offensive. And while like using mix ups that are not necessarily things you haven't seen before, but just things that work really well and you can mix up between the three, right? Like, you know, the first three to
1: six games where Sonic Fox is winning were exciting. Like watching Sonic Fox play is still awesome. And like, oh, I do. I do want to see him get better because you're right. Like, if, if anything, there's at least American representation in this game that are trying to tackle these guys who I do think have a history with these type of games. You know, yeah. and that's, that's big.
0: And that's something that I want to point out, too, is so you have the next day, all right? Everything's calmed down. He didn't win the tournament, all right? He won the Pride, but there's still a lot of money on the line. Okay. Somebody's going to go out to play this. So top eight, Whittles all the way down. Wouldn't you know it? Sonic Fox, winner's finals, Goichi, or, uh, winner's side of top eight. So is Goichi, right? Uh, not only is Goichi in it, but five of the seven Japanese entrants are also in top eight, which kind of just goes to show you that Japan is learning this game very well. Right. <laughs> like this is becoming and not like only
1: that, but in some ways, like they already know it. And that is the advantage of having the history. Right. Is like when they're trying new things in this game, they're trying things that they've done before in their in their other ones. You know, and that's why they have this huge wealth of knowledge, you know.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um so yeah, you have 5 of uh, yeah, the seven people or 5 of the seven Japanese players that entered all good names, all car- or people that came from different anime backgrounds. And somebody also noted that like every single person in that top 8 had been in an Evo top 8 for something else at some point, which is pretty that's cool. Ins- as well. That's that's so is cool. And what's awesome just,
1: Dude, yeah. what was also great about this tournament was I don't know where the entrants were in terms of numbers, but I knew the, I do know the whole thing was basically community run. Mm-hmm. Like Arc System Works wasn't there involved, like they don't have like a sponsor that's setting them up like Nope that tournament on that stage was done by everyone who wanted to run it essentially. Yeah. And People it's just and this, so this is happening organically on its own is becoming like a force of a force of that's creating narrative in the FGC. And it's like the, this is how, you know, we said it a while ago when it first launched and even before then, that it was shaping up to be a game that was going to matter. And all of, all of this, the seeds that it sown we're watching like continue to grow and it's so crazy.
0: I do agree. I think that's the perfect way to say that it's like it's this organic rivalry and this organic competition is really starting to blossom and getting so much fire behind it. And I think it's exactly what we wanted and it's exactly what's happening. And uh, spoiler alert for the end of the tournament. Um, uh, Sonic Goichi was in losers lost to another Japanese player. But then got all the way back up to Grand Finals to play against Sonic Fox, who had not wa- lost a single match of the tournament yet.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ended up resetting the bracket, which means he beat him in a first to three mm-hmm. and then beat him again in a first to three Damn. and won the whole entire tournament. Right. Damn. Which sucks because I think that if there was any way to kind of cut the balance after that first to ten, yeah. it would be for Sonic Fox to win the and tournament. Blow and blow the then, narrative yeah. up. Exactly. Keep the narrative hot. Keep the narrative. But the narrative, like, narrative is still hot
1: because it was a statement by Goichi that he's like, I am better than you, you know?
0: Yeah. Goichi but- being very just like,
3: <laughs> like,
0: like... Being the nice guy who's just throwing it in your face. I remember you just saying a <laughs> bunch of shit in there, just being like saying stuff like, Wow, he had some really strong like offensive stuff. And uh, luckily my defense was just way better than his. You know what I mean? Like it was just feel like that that was coming out and you're like, oh no. So He still I've got
1: to of, the grand finals, man. It's still crazy.
0: But I will say that um something is happening a lot with Dragon Ball Fighters. While I do uh still enjoy playing the game a lot, it's definitely a game that I enjoy watching a lot. And it might be my favorite game to watch Play right now. So if you yeah. are a fan of the sh- of the game at all, I think you will have a lot of fun actually going out and watching some of these tournaments. Um, the tournament season just started, so you definitely got to keep checking out. Almost every weekend there will be something. If not every weekend, then at least every other weekend there will be something going on, and you can bet your happy ass that Sonic there Pops it is that's a Cheppy
1: Chase line right there is it? That his way into max. that's great
0: that they will definitely be there so I highly recommend it um but it was a lot of fun it's very cool I'm excited to see how this kind of opens up a little bit and special shout out to everybody else who made top eight because we talk about these two but Chris G played really well and Chris G is also taking a very unorthodox approach he's also I very like Chris good G's
1: game the most so far I think
0: yeah, his game is a lot of fun to watch. He's very defensive. Uh, Nakiel is doing really well, too. Is, um, same, Nakiel is doing really well. Dagura is doing awesome. Kazunoko is good at everything he's ever touched, ever. <laughs> yeah. Kazunoko is just always there, you know?
1: And, dude, Momochi. Momochi
0: is up there. What? Momochi doesn't play anime games. It's super cool. So, yeah, definitely keep up with the uh, tournament scene, guys. Dragon Ball Fighters is looking real hot. Let's see if anybody else has anything to say about this hot Dragon Ball Fighters action. Chase, let's go on over to the mail corner here.
1: All right, Hunter. Benny Big has a question for you. Mm. we've just talked about fighting games for a long time. And what Ben's got is like a nice warm bath for you to just lather up <laughs> yeah, in. Here it
0: is. <laughs> oh boy. I crypto, have time for you to get your crypto yours. bath.
1: Uh oh. Benny Big asks, Tell us about the process of editing the show. I would love to hear about it. Oh. Oh, thank you. Okay. It's not point? that
2: fascinating. Um, <laughs> I mean, over time, I've purposefully made it easier on myself, right? Because uh, you, I have a wealth of sound effects, um, buffers for all the different segments. Um, and I have like a template that I kind of set up all of the recording with. So I don't have to like make the tracks every time. And so like everything's kind of just there. And then after, uh, after we record the show, uh, Chase sends over his, his vocal tracks to us. I import it into my system. I line them up. And then from there, I go to the beeps. And then <laughs> it's beeping time. First, I find our
1: first beeps. Yeah. yeah, dude. Where do you get the mojo for the beeps?
0: Do you just I imagine you just like turn off all the lights in the room. Right. Yeah. You just fucking grab your synth and you put it right next to you and you just feel over the top of it, warm up the keys a little bit, and then just listen to the beeps over and over again and just try to find those matching. So
2: it's, I mean, it might be sad, but I don't actually do any actual synth stuff. It's all computer generated.
0: Hey, yeah, it's fine. I,
2: uh, I basically, I mean, it is sort of that uh, conceptually though, because I don't like purposefully put notes in certain places. I just line up the sound waves of everyone's beeps <laughs> on a one note. So, you know, Chase will say beep, and you hear da na 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 on the <laughs> notes. And then I just put them on random pitches and I don't <laughs> fucking care where the pitches go. And oh, uh, So
0: there's really not like I thought you were going in there and trying to match some I just of want your it to tones. sound funny. And some things go.
2: sound funnier than other things.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: And so I uh you know, I'll put in, you know, Different instruments and different synths and. There've been and drums times where it's like,
1: oh shit, I went like 30 minutes longer on these beeps than I usually do because I'm cracking up right now.
2: Yeah, I've definitely like had some <laughs> inspirational, like beeps that I've just been like spent <laughs> a lot of time on for whatever reason. Oh, every once in a while, beeps. like every once in a while, I'll make it like four tracks, like for the beep. So like it'll be the person beeping, and then I'll do like drums, and then I'll do like their <sighs> voice but like transposed up five octaves. And then I'll do like you know bass and synth or something. You know, it's like why am I doing all this shit? I don't know. So uh, the beeps, up. the beeps take the longest time because it's the most actual editing that goes. That's into
1: where the, the show. artisanal beeps come into. That's yeah. why we rep the artisanal craft beeps. <laughs> that's why it's <laughs> They're important done by that hand. The
2: beeps, yeah. So it's important that we really emphasize <laughs> those beeps. Absolutely. Um, and why I don't take any beeps for granted. Whenever yeah, no, we go into our transitions and out from our transitions, I'm beeping. You beep Even every time. Even though I don't time. do all of those, you know, I still, I still make sure I'm doing them. But I also, you know, you just got to make sure that your sound levels are decent, that they're not, you know, clipping and all that kind of shit. Um, every once in a while, we'll have feedback that comes into one of our mics or something. So there are some episodes where I'll end up having to, like, use a gate to make sure that some like if somebody's not talking, that buzzing noises aren't coming through, or if we hit the table, that you can't fucking hear you it. you gonna have whatever. to edit that out. Just see yeah, on the little on the smart. little
1: platter of tools that Hunter has, he's got a few now. One of them is a fucking scalpel. Apparently, he is yeah, just a in there with an exacto knife.
2: There's a scalpel where you kind of like like I can look at a person's vocal track and say like oh for whatever reason, they're half as loud during this whole time, so I'll just scalpel those ends. And then raise it. And nice. then other times it, I have just kind of like your area tool. So it's like you drag it over an area and you can make it do different shit. Yeah. Um, during the um, games that we play, I usually try to put on some music and I'll go download like royalty-free, copyright-free music that I can oh, yeah. just put in just the a background. nice touch, yeah. Yeah, I want Absolutely. it to be legit. Of
0: course. And... Um, <laughs> The most legit podcasts out there.
2: Sometimes, like with the metal Number songs, one. for whatever reason, with like the metal ones that I've uh, downloaded, whenever I put them into the um, the fucking recording station or whatever, um, it like changes the tempo a lot. So I I downloaded something that's like and then I like put it in and it's like. <laughs>
0: I like that better. I and don't see a problem here. I think that's much better. So
2: I have to like use a tool to fucking squinch it into like a fourth of its size so it sounds legit.
3: <laughs> oh my man. god! Good. But then you
2: just gotta put in your bread and butter. You know your yeah. your middle uh, the buffers and buffers. Your yeah, outro that, buffers, intro sh- buffers.
1: It is definitely the butter part of the roll, man. Mm-hmm. That part.
0: I love. It would be nothing. It would just be bread without yeah. those buffers in there. And that's disgusting. Yeah. So, so we appreciate it, man. <laughs> thank you so much that's for making us sound that's good. That's
2: how it goes into
1: it. Put some compressors and limiters on that bad boy and shoot it <laughs> up to the moon.
0: <laughs> oh, all man. right,
1: man. Last question we can close out on. Dooney wants to know, Max, are you going to Texas Showdown?
0: Uh, fuck yeah, dude. Are you going to Texas Showdown, Dooney? And if you are, tight, <laughs> yes. man. You can stay at my place. Well, he
1: uh, signs yeah? off his email that says, you already know, so. <laughs> oh, what? Seriously? Pretty
2: it's good. Know. <laughs> pretty good.
0: <laughs> oh man. It's fucking good. Damn. Uh, so where is Texas showdown happening? Texas showdown is happening here in Houston. It's the premier. Or it's not a premiere. Hunter, you should go and event. check out
1: the competition. When ranked, is it?
0: It's a ranking event. It's May 3rd through 5th, I think. If not then, then the following weekend. I think that's right. That's but right. That sounds right. Yeah. Might be able to do it. Sounds good, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm very uh, anxious about it. I've been going to all the locals lately. Got second place yesterday. So yeah. I'm trying Hey-oh. to really come out there. Are and
2: you going to see some, some fgc celebs
0: uh definitely some american ones uh it's been a f- couple years since uh some of the overseas players have come out but hopefully they will this year that might be kind of cool so Dope. if they do i'm gonna try to you know just get some competition i'd like to try to just play against some of those players because i can just kind of talk to them maybe just get them to play a set with me get any sort of advice would be cool also i want to get out of pools if i get out of pools, oh, that's, oh, a boy. That's, That's a huge step. That's a great. Great. That be, huge that be, thing. Yeah, to Jones on that for sure. <laughs> man, I hope uh, I hope Dooney comes out to it. Man, that'd be cool. Um, I'd like to play. He's a fucking really good Tekken player. So, and we have a great Tekken scene out here in Houston. Um, we have a great scene out here in general. Like I was kind of talking about that in the group chat. In general, if you want to play fucking fighting games, Houston is a good place to be right now. Nice. So. Yeah, dude. Gonna I wasn't aware out. that we we rep. We rep, man. We're just not, you know, we no coast, man east coast fucking no east coast no west coast shit yeah fuck man bitch we out here bitch big bun baby <laughs> <laughs> fuck you dj screw <laughs> Let's do it man we're all just out there trying to play sipping purple drink <laughs> the fuck out my city bro why <laughs> am i so bad yeah you guys all lost you are all bad at this game yeah i'm fucking fucked up on the scissor bro h town down you know that, that shit
1: man fuck you because we playing chopped and screwed
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, i literally play chopped and screwed it is all over the place it is yeah oh man thank you for the questions everybody if you want to send a question yourself you can go ahead and send it to witty banter show at gmail.com i never say that one right and feels good that. right it. yeah that's a yeah. good one right but that's a, a clean a email, Because if you're, you know, a lot of the, our viewers Direct are businessmen. access. They're answering emails back and forth. They're yeah, wearing yeah. suits and ties. They're thinking, I got to squeeze in some time for the banner. Yeah. No problem, man. Erase that two line. Put in wittybantershow at Gmail and you got it all set. Right there. Of course. And then you can just go to our website at dot Or go to our website, wittybantershow.com. You can follow us. On Twitter at WittyBanterShow. You can follow me at ProbablyMax. You can follow Chase at BodaciousChase. You can follow Hunter at CryptoDiesel. Hunter, any last words to say on this beer?
2: I'm going to give it Uh-oh. an easy,
1: easy smile.
0: Mm.
2: Just kind of a nice, like, Is that
1: a, it's more of a service than a smile.
2: Like a little <laughs> bit of a glimpse. one
0: side. Is it one-sided smile? Like you kind of—that's
2: more like a—that's uh, kind of more. like You're like about a smirk. to kill
0: somebody, or you just farted, or something like that. It's oh, a genuine. Man. It's a genuine What's smile. A Vegeta it's not a smile? Smirk. No, I feel like Vegeta definitely smiles like that all the time.
2: Vegeta, <laughs> where did he come into this? He smiles
0: way? a one-sided <laughs> smile all the time when he's Vegeta about to fucking smile. throw down. But throw
2: I'm gonna give it like a solid. You know, it—it it, again, it doesn't—it doesn't blow my socks off. It drinks pretty easily. Um, it, it has more characteristics of just kind of easy to take back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a nice drinking IPA. There ain't nothing wrong with it, but, you know, it's it's
0: good. Yeah, it's so, an yeah. easy-peasy uh, drinkable IPA. It's good. Um, I like it. I think the lemon peel kind of started coming out near the end there. Yeah. A little bit of, like, that bitterness of the peel, which I kind of yeah. like, which is cool. Uh, tangerine, not, like, a whole bunch, but maybe. Um, <laughs> but I really like it. I mean... You know, if I needed an easy drinking beer, it was a hot summer day, which is on the horizon, I might pick it up. Easy peasy, go. right? Well, boys, it's been a lot of fun. Yes, it Why has. Why don't we go ahead and just head on out of here, man? Let's go chill for the next coming week and just shoot the <laughs> shit. <laughs> Be the bu- bu- beep, beep, do beep, beep, oh. bo- beep, 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 all right, I threw you guys off. <laughs> That's okay. Winnie Bantam! Winnie
3: Bantam!